The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, last couple of weeks on the Paracast, we have kind of moved away from our traditional UFO orientation. But now, they're back, or we're back, or someone's back. We have Colin Saunders, and he has a book out here called Triangular UFOs of the United Kingdom. As published by our good friends Flying Disc Press, of course, we thank Philip Mandel for coming out with so many terrific books. Now, before we get started, Colin, I first want to welcome you to the Paracast. But we, in our forum back in 2007, set up a Black Triangles forum. This was done by a guy named Tom Levine, who was no longer participating in the forum, sorry to say, or at least... I guess he's aware of us, but doesn't do it anymore. But I thought here we'd look first at the consideration. I assume when he said black triangles, he was meaning any triangles about UFOs. Now, before we get started, Colin, into the book, how did you get interested in chasing the flying saucers, as they say? Well, um, it all came about by a close encounter with a triangle. Prior to the encounter, I'd got no great interest in UFOs. I wasn't a member of any UFO societies or or clubs or went to any conferences, for instance. I had previously worked in the aircraft industry, so I'd obviously got an interest in aviation. I worked in um, Germany and Sweden uh, for quite a few years on different different, uh, aircraft as an avionics design draftsman. So basically... um, I'll go through what happened on the night, and that is what kicked off my interest in the uh, triangular UFOs. So, basically, it was 1999, the 31st of March, 1999. So, tomorrow is the anniversary, 24 years ago. Mm. We'd been out for um, a meal in the countryside, a little English country pub called the White Lion in a village called Paleton, and there was um, two cars my wife was driving the first car, and we've got my mother-in-law in there. It was her birthday that day. She was 72, and we've got my daughter as well. She was in the car, and uh, I was in the back as a passenger, and my wife was driving. The second vehicle, the Range Rover, had got some um, French people that were visiting. My brother-in-law was driving the Range Rover, and uh, the French people were quite old, but they came over because um, he'd got a French partner, so we all went out in two, two vehicles to the pub for the meal. Now, when we left... I remember as we drove off in the first car with my wife driving, 
I remember turning around and seeing the old lady struggling to get into the, the Range Rover. So we pulled off ahead, expecting them to catch us up on the journey home. We drove through the country lanes and we came to a road called the Foss Way. Now, the Foss Way is an old Roman road. It's a dead straight road and it leads up to another Roman road called the Watling Street. And they join at a place called High Cross, which is only a few miles from where we um, saw the UFO. So as we came through the countryside, through the pitch black dark lanes, we came up to the Foss Way. Now, somebody said, well, we're turning on to the Foss now. And my daughter said, oh, there's been talk of headless horsemen down here. Mm. We all laughed, you know, had a chuckle and said, we'll keep our eyes open for him. Then as soon as we turned the corner onto the Foss Way, right in front of us, half a mile away, just off the height of the road, were some lights flashing away. Brilliant red lights with a bit of white light mingled in. And straight away we're all saying, what on earth is that? And no lights on the way down, down the Foss Way. There's no street lights on this road. It's completely dark and in the middle of nowhere. We all said, oh, it's too low to be an aeroplane and too many lights for a helicopter. So we drove up. It was exactly half a mile from when we turned onto the Fosway to where the lights were hovering by the side of the road. Now, we pulled up underneath the lights. I would say they were 100 feet away. Now, I always say to people, I base that on steering my friend's uh, narrowboat around the canals here in England. The narrowboat is 70 foot long. I could have hit him with a cricket ball. They were that close. But at this point, there was no, no craft. So we'd stopped the car, and me and my mother-in-law and my daughter were staring at the lights when I noticed that the sky started to ripple around the lights. My word, there's something there. There's actually a craft around the lights. It's not just lights suspended in the sky. And as soon as I noticed that, it decloaked, just, just like on Star Trek, where the ships there decloak and become a solid object. This is what happened around the lights. It decloaked and became a metal, a metallic, solid object, a triangle. The rear end was point was we were staring at the rear end of the craft. There were four big red lights at the back, and they were not parallel to the earth. They were tilted at an angle of about 30 degrees. And then as soon as it became solid, the nose rose up in the air like a stallion rearing up in front of you, which then gave us a view of the top of the craft. Now, the craft was that low, if it had turned from the middle, it would have struck the ground at the rear end. So the rear end stayed where it was, and the nose floated up in the air. But the movement was like an airship, like a, a submarine underwater. The way it floated up was beautiful to see. And then the top surface, it looked like it was alive. The thing looked like it was organic, even though you clearly manufactured. The surface had got like a liquid effect running up and down. Like the way I describe it, it was looking like... Um, a lake of water at night with moonlight shining on it. There's a slight ripple and the moonlight's catching some of the waves. It gives that sort of movement 3D effect. Well, that's the surface of the craft look like that. But on top of that were these girders that were turning through 90 degrees and interlocking with each other like a, an old-fashioned maze in an English country garden. And it was just absolutely incredible to see. Three thoughts come to me straight away. The first one was, my God, aliens exist. The second one was, this explains all the things that have happened in history. And the third one was, um, abductions must take place. All of those things came to my mind as the craft rose up in front of us. There was some high strangeness occurred at this point, but I think we'll come back to that in a little while. For the time being, we'll just stick with the nuts and bolts of the sighting. I did that for the first probably 20 years of the, the experience when I talked about what we'd seen. I always talked about the nuts and bolts, and I didn't really touch on the high strangers on the paranormal side of it. But as time's gone on, I've started to talk more about 
what happened and what happened after the the uh, craft, after the experience, the close encounter. So going back to the night, once the craft had reared up in front of us, this magnificent object, my wife, who was driving and was very sensible, decided to pull forward and reverse into a gateway to get off the main road, even though there was no traffic. Now, the problem was, as she pulled forward, there was a big hedge and it blocked the view. And I thought to myself, oh, no, if it's going to go, it's going to go now. She reversed into the gateway, we jumped out. Sure enough, it had gone. There were no sign of it at all. And there was no smell of any aviation fuel or anything along those lines. Now, I looked into the sky and going away in the distance, there was the biggest flying craft I've ever seen. Bearing in mind, I've worked in the aircraft industry and I've been to quite a few air shows over the years. Now, this big craft that was going away got four red lights on the back again, the same sort of configuration that was on the small craft. And because I knew nothing about UFOs, I thought it had suddenly grown, like it had changed and morphed from the small one into the big one because everything that was happening was just so surreal and so weird that it sort of thought, oh, you know, anything could happen at the moment. So we stood there, watched that go away, and you could hear a pin drop. It was really quiet, and there were no other craft in the sky. But then one or two cars started coming along and um, aircraft back in the sky again, so we got back in the car. It was 9.50pm, we checked the watch. We don't know what time we left the pub exactly, so we don't know if there was any time loss. And then we drove home. Now, we took the mother-in-law back to where she lived. Now, my brother-in-law, who was behind us in the Range Rover, lives next door to my mother-in-law. When we arrived home, they was already there. And there was also, out of the Range Rover, we were inside having a cup of tea. And we found that really strange how they managed to get back before us. Possibly they passed as well as was in the, the gateway. But if that had been the case, they would have seen the craft as well. So that was always a, a little bit of a mystery. So that was the, the, the main sighting. That's what happened 24 years ago. I have to say it was the most <laughs> exciting moment of my life. And it, it's like imprinted on my mind. And I've thought about it every day since then. And it feels like it only happened yesterday. Once we got home, the first thing we did was to do some drawings. I've been a draftsman all my life, so it was quite obvious the first thing I needed to do was to draw the craft. And my daughter drew it as well. Hey, we've got to break now with Colin and Jean and Tim. You're in The Paragast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages... Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. 
And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at DoIHavePreDiabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Colin Saunders telling us about black triangles, but starting out, the story begins with his own site, and he tells us more. Go ahead, Colin. Okay, so I was obviously gobsmacked by all of this. It was incredible. We'd done the drawings, and then at this point, I'd started my own business, and I was working from home, and I got a few people working for me, which was great because I couldn't concentrate. The next day, although it was April Fool's Day, I was telling everybody about it, what we'd seen the night before. And I was just sitting doing drawings, doing sketches. Um, I used coral draw to produce some nice images of the, the surface, the liquid surface and the beams on top. Taking it a step further, I decided then to make some models. First of all, I made a, you know, a simple paper model. But then I decided to make one out of plywood and a bit of doweling. So that was the first proper 3D one that I made. And I 
printed out the pictures from cold drawings, took them onto the model, and it looked quite quite good. It was it was a a valuable tool, if you like. But now, strangely enough, my van that I used for work got broken into one night on the driveway of my home, and uh, they stole the old cassette player out of it. Now, I took the car to get fixed from the guy I bought the car from, and he said to me that the car had been professionally broken into. He couldn't understand why somebody would do that to such a, an old vehicle and pinch a cassette player that wasn't worth anything. But it was like a few days later I realised that whoever took the cassette player also took the model. I know the last time I seen it, it was in the van. So that had disappeared. So I'd lost the model that I made. I didn't realise for a few days. I've been searching high and low for it. Now, over the years, I've, it's never turned up. So it was definitely stolen on the night of the, the cassette player by somebody who got professional skills to, to break into the van. Then got me making my next model, the Mark II version. This time, I decided I would get some LEDs and a battery pack and wire it all up and uh, make a, a more realistic model with flashing lights. Now, that was great. And um, I managed to get onto television here in the UK and talk to 3 million people live about the encounter and show the model, which was really neat. The model um, makes the whole sighting far more tangible. You know, rather than just talking about it, if you can show somebody a 3D model, it makes more sense what you're talking about. Along the way, my main concern was I didn't have the beams off the surface in 3D, which is like a printed flat piece of paper put onto the model. And a friend of mine out of the blue came round, John Mills, his name is, he'd bought himself a 3D printer and he decided he wanted to make a model of my UFO, which was great. I couldn't believe he wanted to do that. And that would include the beams raised off, raised off the surface in three dimension. In relief, the girders on the top. So he manufactured one, and it was like um, quite small. It fitted in your hand, handheld size, but it got the lights at the back and lights underneath, um, the battery pack and all the rest. Of it. And it was it was really good. And now he'd done that free of charge, and he did say it was quite expensive to produce it, and he spent a lot of time actually getting the files together to print it. I uh, suggested that I sell a few for him on um, a well-known auction site. But I said to him, I didn't want any profit from it at all. I wanted to give everything I sold, I would give the money to John. And then in exchange, once we'd done enough, could he make me a large model that was in colour with the liquid surface and the, and the different coloured beams. So he did that. And I've ended up with the A4 model, which is pretty much an exact copy of what we saw that night. It's got the liquid-looking surface. It's got silver beams on top of that interlocking. It's got the white central core where the top and the bottom of the triangle joins onto the central core. And, again, it's got the lights that you can switch on and off. And, I mean, it, it's really a beautiful model that he's made for me. And that model got me back into the UFO world. I, I tried to leave off it for a while. But I decided I'd go and do a presentation at a conference in uh, Hull last year. Now, it was whilst I was there, I met a couple of guys, the Kinsella twins, and Philip suggested that I write a book. Now, I had sort of thought about that in the back of my mind, writing a book at some point, but never really got around to doing anything about it. But after speaking with Philip, I decided I'd have a go. So this is where the book came in. So I came back and uh, started writing the book. Basically, over the years, I've collected a lot of sightings from people, and a lot of information and met a lot of people. So I started to pull all of that information into the book. I really wanted to write about my own experience, which I've done, and the high strangeness, which we'll, we'll get to. 
but once I'd written all that, there wasn't enough in there to, to make a book. So I had to bring in lots of other people's encounters. So in the book, there's actually over 130 different close encounters with triangles where people are describing the colours, uh, the colour of the lights, colour of the craft, etc. So there's an awful lot of information in the book as well as the details of my own uh, encounter. If we go back to the night of the encounter, this is the the high strangeness. Like I say, for 24 years, uh, for 20 years, I just talked about the nuts and bolts of the sighting and kept away from this other stuff because it was weird. But I started making notes and keeping dates about what was happening. So on the night, this is what happened. As the craft tilted up in the air, right in front of us, and, and the three thoughts came into my mind, all of a sudden, it was like somebody got a pair of binoculars and put them in front of my eyes because I could see the craft really close, like right in front of me, six foot away. And the first view was the interlocking beams on the surface. The second image was the nose, and the nose was the way it had been manufactured. It was so spherical, it was beautiful to look at. And then there was a third image, which was the side view, which showed the central white core that the top and the bottom parts of the triangle joined onto the central white core. They sort of lipped over like a hovercraft skin. They sort of rounded over onto the white white core. If anybody's seen any of my models on, on the internet, then you'll see, see what I mean about that. So there was three images close up that I had during the course of the encounter. Like I say, it was like somebody had suddenly put binoculars in front of my eyes. So the next day, I'm thinking about all this. I mean, as if it wasn't weird enough as, as it was having the close encounter, but to have the close viewing as well. And I was telling the rest of them that I thought I'd had an out-of-body experience. That's all I could think was how I managed to get close to the craft, unless there was some sort of distortion due to magnetic fields or electronic distortion. But I, I don't think that was the case. Three images were absolutely crystal clear. So for many years... Um, I thought it was an out-of-body experience. I got books out of the library, read up about it, tried to do it again, but it never happened. I never did have another out-of-body experience. And um, I was quite quite happy with that. It, for a while, I was thinking, that means you can live without your body. It's like your soul or something has come out and got next to the craft. If that happened on the night, then maybe when you die, your soul moved to somewhere else. And it was quite comforting until <laughs> I um, bumped into a guy called Bud Hopkins. Now, he came over to England and did a presentation at um, Leeds. And we used to have conferences there run by uh, Graham Birdsall and Russell Callahan. They were fantastic conferences. There's some really good speakers there. You um, know, before we get to the conferences, and I should tell you that we did know Bud Hopkins not super well, but we had him on the show and we always had a good association with him. We'll get more with Colin and Gene and Tim. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite. 
a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. USA News Update. At least 22 people are dead after tornadoes ripped across the Midwest and South on Friday. Officials confirmed the storm-related deaths took place from the same system in Arkansas, Alabama, Illinois, Indiana, and Mississippi. Former President Trump is expected to travel to New York City from Florida for his upcoming arraignment. Trump reportedly plans to fly to LaGuardia Airport on Monday evening and stay that night at Trump Tower before arriving in Lower Manhattan for Tuesday's planned court appearance. The Justice Department is suing Norfolk Southern Railway over the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. The lawsuit alleges the railway company violated the Clean Water Act. The final four is down to two as UConn and San Diego State advance to the NCAA Men's Basketball National Championship. Jerry Barmash, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. 
This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So, Colin Saunders telling us about his very super up-close-and-personal encounter with the unknown and strange. Go ahead, please. So, at the conference, I managed to get to speak to Bud Hopkins. There was a queue of people waiting to chat to him, but I managed to get just a few seconds with him, really. I explained to Bob um, what took place on the night, the close encounter with the triangle, and I told him that I thought I'd had an out-of-body experience, and I had three images, close-up views of the craft and to be honest without those close-up views i would not have been able to have built such a accurate scale model i needed those extra views especially the side view because from where we were sitting in the car we didn't get to see the side of the craft just the rear and the top the image of the, the side view of where the top and bottom rolled over and joined the central white core i don't know uh, at that moment how that got into my mind but um i would not have been able to build the craft without that view and also, whilst we're on that, there was no nuts and bolts, no rivets, no welding. There were no windows, no, there was nothing. The way it had been put together was absolutely incredible, absolutely marvellous. I was telling Bud about this and uh, the fact that I thought I had an out-of-body experience, and Bud says, no, you've not had an out-of-body experience. Those are images placed in your mind by the aliens on board the craft. Now, before we got a chance to expand on that, this lady butted in with um, a crystal which she'd found in a forest where there'd been a UFO crash and she wanted to talk to Bob about it. And Bob, being the gentleman that he was, started speaking to her and that was the end of my, uh, my 30 seconds with him. I went away and thought, well, that's a bit, bit strange, right? Um, how, how did that occur? Why would they do that? And I made a note of it, along with all the... I was starting to have some other paranormal experiences after the event, not before. Uh, and I was starting to keep a list of dates and what occurred, but also uh, on that particular document, I put down what Bud Hopkins had said about uh, images being placed in my mind. So I started to have other strange things occur. I mean, initially we had some strange electrical faults at home, and somebody, somebody suggested that maybe they followed us back and scanned the house to see what our reaction was that night, because and that would have caused the um, electrical interference with a lot of electrical appliances which seemed to make sense, actually. It seemed quite a logical thing. But then, I guess because I was in a heightened state of feelings, and I was out looking for UFOs, and I was seeing things in the sky, and I was seeing lights that were turning through 90 degrees. I tried to video on, but they would just disappear when I got a camera in my hand. Then I started to have some other weird experiences. I've listed them in the book. One of them, the most frightening one I'll, I'll quickly tell you about i was out i was fishing i love fishing and uh, i was standing in the river i was actually in a fishing match here in england on on the river saw at rothley in leicestershire but i was in a field on my own it was only a small match a club match and i heard some footsteps coming across the field towards me i know there's been some farm people down there farm hands shooting uh, so i thought i'd go up onto the river bank make myself known so they don't shoot in my direction now, when I got up there, there was no one there, but the noise continued. And these four footsteps, they were really quite loud, were coming towards me. And I started panicking. I was thinking it was a big cat. We have big cats out in the countryside here that have been released. So my first instinct was to get a spike that I use for my umbrella. I keep in the rod holder. 
I took that out as protection and I thought, like, if it's a big calf, the only thing I can do is go back down the bank and get it to jump on me and impale it on its own weight. That was my game plan. I was going through my mind. I was that petrified. And I stood there with this metal spike. And whatever it was walked right in front of me, but it was totally invisible. And nothing was moving. The grass wasn't moving. Nothing was moving. And it went off. It came from the left and went off toward the right. And as it went past, I started to get a bit brave and I started clapping my hands. And then I was hitting the grass with the metal spike. But it just faded away. Nothing came out. There was nothing there. There was no animal. And I stood there and I thought, that was one of these weird space-time contingency things that you hear about, where something you can hear something, but it's not actually here in our world. Now, prior to the UFO event, I'd had no experiences of paranormal whatsoever. Now, I was starting to have quite a few of these um, experiences, and they'd only come after the UFO. And it was pretty obvious to me that the UFO had done something to allow these things to come through and that was the day that very moment once i realized that that was not a cat that the ufo was dimensional it was not extraterrestrial if that craft had come a zillion light years to us and then gone away again you would not expect to have other experiences but what i've learned over the years that the ufo experience is tied in with paranormal experiences when we talk of ghosts and things like this there is a connection there. And I was having all these weird things happen after the UFO event. So that made me firmly believe that that craft had come from another dimension and somehow it had left a bit of residue with me. I'm trying yeah. to understand the connection here, Colin. All right, you decided these were interdimensional. Why not interstellar, you know, possibly from a race that has their own version of a warp or wormhole drive to get here faster, whatever it is, why... Does it have to be interdimensional? Because if you take, say, an Apollo going to the moon, and there's a little alien on the moon sees the spaceship from Earth, once that spaceship left the moon and came back down to Earth, you would not expect that alien to start having weird experiences because that craft is a solid object that's come from our own universe from one planet to another and gone back again. Now, because I was starting to have paranormal experiences that... I believe had come from the UFO, then that means there is a connection between those experiences and the craft as well. The craft has somehow allowed other things to come through. And they haven't all come from interstellar. These things are coming, I believe, from somewhere closer. I can only put down as a uh, another dimension. And, and that's the reason. I think if the craft had come from another galaxy many light years away, then why would you have extra experiences afterwards? Now, when I was doing the writing the book, people were writing to me with their experiences. I started to ask them if they'd had any other paranormal experiences. Now, more people were actually writing back and saying yes and telling me about some of the things that had occurred in their lives. Mainly prior to the UFO event, a lot of people seem to have paranormal experiences as a child, and as they get older, they end up having a UFO encounter, a close encounter. It seems to be the other way around with me where I've had the encounter than some of the weird paranormal stuff after the encounter. The book does show to me that a lot of people are having ghosts and weird things happen as well as UFOs. So I now think after all these years and everything I've, I've researched that there is definitely a connection between UFOs and, uh, and the paranormal. So, Bud Hopkins, what happened was um, next... 
I, I kept it in the back of my mind what Bud had said to me, but never really took it on board until one day I had an email from a guy in America, funnily enough, and he'd um, he seen me on the internet, seen me talking to Richard Hall on his TV show. And the email basically started off by saying, just like you, I had three images placed in my mind when I had a close encounter with a triangle. And he goes on to explain that he'd seen this light and he drove in his car and got close to it and it turned into a triangle. And whilst he was looking at it, at close, and it was a close encounter, he said exactly the same as me. He had three, funnily enough, three, not two or four, but three close images that were put into his mind. He said they were like, two of them were outside uh, views of the craft. One of them was pipe work, if thinks, another one was some light bulbs, or some bulbs, or some lights of some description, one said they were light bulbs. And the third image, which he thinks was inside of the craft, and he believes that, uh, in his email, he was saying that they, he was thinking to himself, I need to remember all the details for later on for making notes of, of what I've seen. And he believes that the craft was trying to show him more details so that he could remember it. But it was at that point when I got that email from him that it was like a eureka moment. I thought, wow, yes. I've been listening to a lot of David Jacobs' work. He deals with a lot of abductees, and they talk about telepathy all of the time. You know, all of the time we've got all these announcements to make, and then Colin, Gene, and Tim, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com.
If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So you met up with Bud Hopkins. You never met David Jacobs then, Colin, right? No, no, we did exchange a, a few emails, um, did chat with him. But basically, you know, I read a lot of his work and um, what they were saying about telepathy between humans and aliens, I, in my naivety, I always thought that would be a conversation, like you'd be talking but inside your head to each other. But sometimes he was saying that it's images that are placed in people's heads rather than than words so telepathy can be pictures now we all know a picture paints a thousand words so it makes sense sometimes to use telepathy use images as telepathy and once this guy from america had said the same as you i've had three images placed in my mind all of a sudden i thought wow that now makes sense actually because the three images were just images there was nothing in between. So, like, from the nose to the side view, I didn't see the craft roll. It was like one image, then another image. It would make more sense, then, that, that those three images were actually placed in the mind rather than an out-of-body experience. Because if it had been an out-of-body experience, I would have assumed I'd see the craft roll from the nose to the side view and see it move rather than just have three stationary images. I know that all sounds crazy, but like I say, for 20 years, I've never talked about the weird side of this. But now I think as time has gone on and I'm getting older, I don't mind talking about this. And I think it's important. Certainly the amount of people who have written to me with their own experiences, 
they take some comfort in finding somebody else who's had strange experiences after a UFO encounter. And with your research that you've you've been doing since your encounter, I mean, you you now well know that a lot of people who have UFO experiences have a residual effect, for for want of a better word. It's almost like you've been exposed to something that then opens you up to further experiences. It's hard for a lot of people to articulate because it's it's difficult for them to see the connection between, say, like their UFO encounter and then maybe weird noises in their house and, and, and things like that. But it's fascinating how many people share similar experiences to what you had. Yes, and uh, an interesting fact as well is that it only happened to myself. It didn't happen to the other members of the family in the car, my wife, my daughter, and my mother-in-law. They didn't go on to have any extra experiences after the UFO event. It was only myself. Now, I, I did wonder along the, the way why that happened, and I'll put it down now to the fact that the images that were placed in my mind, the telepathy, either by a- aliens on board the craft or possibly even the craft itself, because the craft looked like it was alive, like it was organic, even though it was clearly manufactured. But maybe it was some sort of highly advanced AI that um, can interact with people. That's what occurred. And also, like you said, the residual effect, it only lasted for a couple of years, really. And then it started to fade away. You know, it's been a long time since I've had anything fantastic, but it really was quite intense for the first year or 18 months after the UFO event. So I am personally linking the two together, the paranormal and the and the UFO encounter. And again, like I say in the book, there's, there's a whole um, section, a whole chapter on uh, UFOs and the paranormal. So you you make the statement that you felt that that it was alive somehow what what about it gave you that impression or was it most mostly just a you know in in your gut type of of feeling about it um i think it was because the surface looked like it was moving Mm -hmm. looked like it looked like as it tilted up the liquid on the surface was running from top to bottom all the time so it wasn't like it was circulating from top to bottom, going round and round and round, rather than it just running dry, as it were. You know, so the waves were underneath it. It just, I guess, the way they were shimmering made it look like it was um, alive. But I mean, another thing to say is that as as it rose in the air, I remember feeling it's weird, but almost like a love and affection for it. It, it was just fantastic. It was like meeting God even though I'm not a religious person. That's the only way I can sort of describe it. I'm the feeling and, and to be in awe of the engineering, it was just incredible. And to realise that we're not alone and that aliens all of a sudden do exist, even though I've never been into it before, it was just such a fantastic feeling. It was beautiful. There was no being frightened of it or scared of it. The same with my mother-in-law. To be honest, I think me and her would have got on board if we'd got a chance. She, she wanted to get out as well. Now, that's a funny thing with the mother-in-law. She um, passed away during COVID, not from COVID, but um, she was well into her 80s then. And when um, 
when they cleared out of the bedroom, she's got all this paranormal paperwork inside a bag in the in the cupboard that she's been collecting over the years. So she's all, also had some sort of experiences in the past. I've got all that paperwork, and I'll read it at some stage, probably when I uh, retire and get a bit more time. But um, by the way, it's nice you get along with your mother-in-law. Not <laughs> everyone does that. <laughs> no, and after the event as well, anything that was in the newspapers that she picked up on on UFOs, she would cut it out and uh, send it up to me to, to have a look at because she knew I was getting really carried away with it or making the models and uh, going to conferences, etc. So, yeah, yeah, she she has obviously had some sort of experiences in the past. Bless her. Well, you know, other people have, uh, have reported over the years uh, with their encounters that they were left with the impression that the craft or you know, whatever was very much aware that they were there observing it. Yes. Did, I, I, were you left with that as well? I believe the craft was waiting for us. I think it it was there. It was um, almost like an ambush in a way. I think the reason why the craft was tilted at an angle to the earth is because as we were driving towards it, it would have been tilted towards us. Now, although there was no craft there at the time, just the lights, it would have made the lights more visible. So by tilting the craft towards us, we'd see the bottom white light, three red lights underneath, and we could also see the four red ones at the back all at the same time because there was no craft, it was just the lights, but we didn't know what we were looking at. So they were all mingled up, as it were, and just looked like an amazing mass of lights. So as we drove towards them, our attention was fully on the lights, and then the craft materialised. Now, when we drew pictures, my wife drew three red dots in a perfect um, equilateral triangle. There is no way we could have, she could have seen that from the angle that we was at, the aspect ratio. You would not see three red lights in a perfect triangle. You would not be able to define it because you've got the white one in the middle and the th- four red ones at the back all mixed up at the same time as we approached it. And I've wondered over the years whether... As we jumped out of the car and we saw this large football pitch size craft going away with four red lights at the back again, the sort of direction it was going, trajectory, could have brought it over the car as we were looking at the small craft. And what my wife possibly seen was the underneath of the large triangle, not the small triangle in the field. Because, like I said, there's no way we could have drawn three red lights at the equilateral triangle not from where we were sitting so that was um something to bear in mind but i do believe they were waiting for us i mean nobody else was involved over the car seeing it and they weren't hiding from us quite the opposite they were making pretty damn sure that we've seen them you know they, they were there another strange thing is you know we will talk about the oz effect but the next day when I went back to measure the distance from where we turned on the Foss Way to where the lights were, when I re- retraced the, the route, I thought it was in, I found it impossible to be to be able to see what we'd seen because there was like trees in the way and hedges and things. But we'd seen it as we turned the corner; it was there. We could see it quite clearly. Now, 
a couple of weeks later, my wife had been to pick um, a friend up from the airport and she drove her back along the Foss Way to show her where we'd seen the lights. And she came home and she said the same to me. She said, you know, I've just took Ruby along the Foss Way, but I don't see how we could have seen the the lights from where we were because of the, the trees and hedges when we turned the corner. Let's turn that corner in our next segment, shall we? And this one case, really fascinating, with Colin, Jean, and Tim, you're in. The Berrigast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this... Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Colin Saunders, she's the author of a book that we'll get to called Triangular UFOs of the United Kingdom. But right now, focusing a lot of our early discussion on his very, very super close encounter. Colin, let's turn that corner. Like I said, on the night, um, it almost feels like the scenery was different. So again, is this a case of um, dimensions, that as a craft is coming through from one dimension to another, do you get a bit of an overlap? I have heard of it before, you know, where a taxi driver had an encounter with a UFO, and when he went back the next day, he couldn't find the road, even though he knew all of the roads in his town, the roads that 
were there the night before were, were not there the next day. So it is how we're getting dimensions mixing up with us as well. And then we've got the time as well, haven't we? The, the time factor that comes into a lot of these cases. Not with our own case, but with some of them in the book that I've written, there's people there who've got missing time. Although I don't always think that missing time is um, an abduction. You know, I think sometimes time can go a bit strange, sort of dilated, time dilation, but no abduction. But again, I'm only guessing because I don't really know all of the answers. I'm just an ordinary guy who's had an extraordinary experience. I haven't got any answers to any of these these um, questions, unfortunately. In fact, the more that you learn about the subject, the more questions you have. So, to the book. Would you like to read a few passages from the book? I'd rather you, instead of reading passages of the book, specifically discuss in your own words what key things you want to emphasize, and then we'll ask you questions. So, okay, so this experience spurred you on to writing this book. That's right, yeah. Mainly because I wanted to get my story out, but then... What I've found over the years, a lot of people contact me because they've had an experience with a triangle, and I guess they, they want a little bit of counselling, is what people have said to me. Just be able to talk to somebody else who's had a similar experience, because you're on your own if, um, if you don't know where to go to. I mean, I was on my own when I first had the experience. I didn't know who to turn to. I did have some friends in the police force. I told them, I told them about it, and... Uh, they were not surprised, actually. One or two of them had had their own experiences along the way. So it has been nice that people have opened up to me about their experiences and some of the strange things that have happened to them along the way. I mean, it's not the sort of thing you go down to your local pub and chat about because people think you're absolutely crazy, but mm. people tend to talk to me about it because they know I've had my, my own experiences. So the point is that these triangles, they are real. They are here. Now, if we look at the triangles in the books, the 130 different sightings, then there's no two exactly the same. There's variance all the time in the size. Generally, they tend to be equal actual triangles, but not always. But the colour of the triangles and the colour of the lights, they, they vary quite tremendously. I've gone through the book and um, made notes on some of those and descriptions of the craft and the way that the craft moved, etc., one of the points I'd like to make is that when you have a craft, when you build an aircraft, for instance, you build a certain amount. So you build from zero to 75, and then you build from 76 to 150, and any major changes will go from you know the 75 to the 150. You don't keep changing every single aircraft that you make along the way, and you certainly don't change the size and the operation and the components of the craft you need to service these craft you need to have spare parts for them now i've got 130 different shape triangle well, different types of triangles in the in the book so we're just scratching the surface if you think these are man-made you've got to be crazy there's just too many of them they'd be too difficult to service all of them the thing i want to ask here is why be sure they're physical constructed craft it could be holographic projectors and when you feel something well do you remember star trek's holodeck which is what the creators of star trek predicted for the 23rd and 24th centuries imagine an alien race 
thousands of years ahead of us. Recreating a simulated reality would be nothing to them. We're talking about doing it now. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Um, yeah, the craft itself could have been a hologram. I've got no answers to those because it's such a, a strange science that we're dealing with. I mean, I personally didn't think it was a hologram, by the way, that it materialised and moved around. But then again, like you say, if these things are coming from a really advanced um, race from, from the future or, or whatever, then, yeah, I think anything's possible. I wouldn't dismiss anything. I mean, I've, I've sort of come to conclusions just on my, my own experiences. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are correct. I mean, for the first 20 years, I thought I had an out-of-body experience, but then it turns out it might not have been. It may have been images placed in my mind, telepathy. But as we go along, we might find that it wasn't that. It might have been something else. We, we just don't know. We haven't got any definitive answers at the moment. So... Are they holograms? It, they could well be, yes. Yeah, I've got no um, no axe to grind there. And the other possibility is it's all happening in your head. You think you see it because there's some outside force that's sending you an image. Yeah, but I would have shared that with the mother-in-law and my daughter because we all do the same thing. And we all saw the lights as we turned the corner. So unless it was a mass hallucination, which... It, it wasn't, I can assure you, then um, we all saw the, the same same thing in the same craft materialised. I'm pretty certain that um, it was a solid craft from another dimension. And the people who talk about, um, people who actually have closer encounters who meet E.T., meet the Greys, I doubt very much that they're holographic projections. So those Greys will be coming out of real solid craft not from, from a hologram, in, in my humble opinion. What bothers me about Dr. David Jacobs and to a lesser extent Bud Hopkins is that they are basically saying that E.T. is here to create a hybrid race, human, alien, and Jacobs is particularly detailed about this. They are here to infiltrate our society, possibly towards a quiet takeover. Now, I should tell you that we've had Dr. Jacobs on the PowerCast a few times, too, a couple of times with Bud Hopkins, and we've kind of felt skeptical about that, that maybe Jacobs was going a little too far. I don't know. It um, does put some good arguments forward. I do like, like his work, and certainly it does seem that people have uh, eggs and sperm taken from them. So... Are they doing experiments? They've been here a long time. I don't know. It, it seems more likely that they are producing some sort of a hybrid. What concerned me about my encounter and whatever is happening at the moment, and I do believe it, there is something big happening, the next day after my encounter, I expected everybody to know. I, I just didn't think it would be us. I thought everybody would know. But as time goes on, you, you sort of realise that nobody's talking about it, but they must know. I mean, we've seen it, so we know. We're not the only people in the world who've had a close encounter. So it seemed quite logical that the military have had encounters and that the governments of the world must know what's going on. The military in different countries must be working on this this um, problem, shall we call it. But none of them are admitting to it. The governments won't admit to it. The military's not... Well, they are starting to come out with it a bit more now. But the aliens as well themselves are 
doing everything like clandestine. They're not um, they're not coming down, getting out of the ships on on the White House lawn and saying hello to everybody. They're making themselves known to certain people, you know, like they did to us that night. There was no mistaking what we saw that night with the light show that they put on for us. But generally speaking, the aliens are keeping whatever they're up to secret from us. So if the governments are keeping secret and the aliens are keeping it secret, I don't think it bodes well for the human race, whatever's going on. So besides the, uh, the cases that you have listed in your book, Tim has a few questions of our guest, Colin Saunders, and I'll have a few more, too, with Gene, Tim, and Colin. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience, so I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about extreme weather, the alarming increase in man-made disasters, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. They include tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners with over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on your three-month supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Too many Americans are being let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So when he does that voice, Tim Swartz almost sounds like possibly he's flying a triangle. By the way, before Tim asks his question, I have a quickie here. There's a theory that some of this triangular aircraft consists of test aircraft, not spaceships. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, there's bound to be one or two that we're trying to back-engineer, or maybe not back-engineer, but try and copy. I don't know if we've we've actually captured any triangles or not. Um, Like I said earlier, because of the vast amount of different triangles, I don't believe they are being made by the military. If we take, for instance, at the moment, they were talking about sending in um, fighter jets to the Ukraine. What they're saying is the logistics of that. They don't just send the craft in. You've got to send in the spare parts and the maintenance crews to keep all of those craft flying. Now, you can imagine if you've got a 1,000 different varieties of triangles, trying to get the maintenance crews for those and the spare parts to keep them all afloat, it's just going to be a, a nightmare, a logical. We have to assume, though, if it's a test aircraft, that they're not sending those things to Ukraine. No, I was talking about just normal fighter aircraft. If we've got decent back-engineered triangles, I would imagine, would not the Russians have them as well? I mean, it's not just going to be America or England that build these triangles. If we've got the technology and we're back-engineering them, I'm sure they'd be in the uh, in the theatre in Ukraine now being used. I don't know. I think we probably are working on, on triangles, but I don't know if we're anywhere near as advanced as the uh, as ET at the moment. Again, we can only guess at what's going on in the background. There was a rash of triangle sightings in Belgium about seven to eight years earlier from your experience, and, and I don't know if you've uh, done any research on those sightings, and I hope you have, because I was wondering, you know, if, if you have researched those, how do those sightings compare to the one that you had? Yeah, it's an interesting question because um, after the sighting, uh, Omar Fowler, the guy, who, gentleman here in the UK, he's passed away now, the late Omar Fowler, who was very much into triangles, sent me some information. And um, in that information, there was a picture of a triangle from Belgium from um, the early 1990s. Now, what struck me about that particular image is that on 
the, the craft flew over this young guy's head and he drew a picture of the underneath. Now, what he said was there were girders or beams on the surface which were interlocking, they were in relief, exactly the same as the top of the craft that we saw. We never saw the bottom of our craft at all. We only saw the rear end and the top. So when I came to make the model, I decided to use the bow jump sighting because it, it just had got the beams that seemed so similar to use for the bottom of my craft to make, make the complete um, replica. But having said that, I mean, I don't know if there was any beams on the bottom of our craft or not because we didn't see it, but certainly on the Belgium sighting, they, they, they've got uh, these interlocking beams on the bottom. So uh, I think there's the same sort of craft, same series of crafts that have been seen in Belgium though, that we saw down the Foss Way that night. Now, I did have a guy get in touch with me from Belgium. He had his um, experience in the 1960s. He got in touch with me because he, he's also a model maker. Now, he said that a triangle came down into school um, because the weather was inclement. All the children in the school were on inside on the first floor and the triangle came down to the, the windows on the first floor and all the kids could see the triangle. And uh, he, he said there was a dome underneath the triangle and he could see a couple of um, people, a couple of humanoids inside the triangle. And he said it floated away from the school, folded up like a, a cigar and then shot off like a bullet. So that was a... Another Belgium Triangle sighting, but that was from uh, back in the 60s when he was a young lad. And uh, he's still still making models now after all these years. But yeah, I've watched all the um, YouTube stuff on the Belgium sightings and the triangles I'd seen there. Um, yeah, from my point of view, I think it was uh, ET triangles and the, I don't know what they were playing at, but I think the sighting, all the sightings were genuine. I don't think they were uh, military but then again, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not there. Well, and a lot, of, a lot of people think that um, the triangular UFO sightings, black triangles, are more of a recent types of events, which lead a lot of people to think that, you know, maybe we are dealing with, you know, some kind of man-made, top-secret, black-budget uh, types of crafts. But if you go back through UFO history, you'll find plenty of reports of triangular-shaped UFOs. There's even a, um, a film that managed to get out of the uh, former Soviet Union. Uh, I think it was shot sometime in the 1970s. I can't be positive about that. But it was shot at a, uh, uh, a Russian Air Force base. And uh, everybody was all uh, concerned because there was a triangular-shaped craft very high up in the atmosphere just taking its time floating over uh, this base. So it's not a new phenomenon. No, I think they've been around for a long, long time. Uh, I haven't got the details, but I think some have been seen as, late, uh, as early as the 1800s, certainly uh, a long, long time ago. Um, I know from my own experience, if if I was going to um, fabricate the story, I would have said it was a, a flying saucer that we saw that night. I mean, I was gobsmacked to see a triangular-shaped craft because I knew nothing about UFOs. But strangely enough, once I got onto the internet and started um, typing in and seeing what was going on, there were so many triangular sightings, I just couldn't believe it. It seems like 
I was expecting them to be flying saucers, but the majority of what people are seeing of late is triangles. I don't know why it has changed over the years, but but triangles are really common now. I, I have to say, yeah, most common um, sort of UFO that is seen. I put, um, I did an ad, well, an article in a local newspaper on uh, on my own triangle site and invited people, local people, to get in touch. And um, I think about 10 people got in touch. And they were all triangle sightings. Now, whether they got in touch just because they were triangle sightings and not people who'd seen sources didn't get in touch, I did invite everybody who wanted to get in touch to get in touch. But all I got was triangles, which I thought was quite interesting. There was nobody saying they'd seen any sources or anything along those lines. And, um, yeah, I met one guy who's, um, who had an, a, a close encounter with a huge triangle. And it was uh, about two weeks before our sighting and about four miles as a crow flies. So very near to High Cross at a village called Charmford. He was um, driving to work at three in the morning and there was this triangle the size of a football pitch just hovering at edge height over a field. He stopped his car, got out and had a look at it, got a bit nervous got back in his car and drove up and you could see it in the rear view mirror all the time. And he said it had got girders on as well, like uh, like my model. But he said the light, he could just see the lights underneath, but they were reverse coloured to ours. Ours had white in the middle and red in the corners. He's had white in the corners and red in the middle. Light in the middle of this, we have more to talk about. With Gene, Colin and Tim, you're in... The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA News Update. At least 22 people have died in storms and violent tornadoes that leveled entire communities in the South and Midwest. State leaders there have declared emergencies to respond to that damage. The CDC telling travelers to Guinea and Tanzania to be mindful of contracting the deadly Marburg virus. The CDC is on site in Africa to help stop the outbreak of this highly contagious deadly disease. The World Health Organization, meanwhile, says the Marburg virus has a high fatality rate and epidemic potential. The Manhattan district attorney that indicted former President Trump is getting death threats. Police in San Antonio, Texas, say a man killed another man who allegedly struck 
stole his truck after tracking the thief with an Apple AirTag. Police have not decided if that suspect will be charged in the fatal shooting. Corey Myers, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Colin Saunders has written the book on British triangles, and he's been telling us more about what we see here. Go on, please. Yes, I mean, I don't claim to be an expert. People call me an expert. Um, basically, I've just collected a lot of sightings together and popped them into the book. I have gained uh, myself a lot of knowledge from reading the book, actually. I mean, for instance, I would have said that the majority of triangles that people report are either black or grey in colour. But um, going through the book, I mean, I found that uh, people are also reporting orange, silver, gold, white, blue, dark brown, green. Uh, these are all different coloured triangles that have been seen. Same with the lights as well. They, they all vary as well. Rather than just red and white, there's also green and blue, yellow, orange, bronze, purple. And often a white beam is seen coming down from the centre of the craft underneath. That's been reported on many occasions. And the sizes vary from small to football pitch size. Now, on the night of our encounter, we didn't hear any noise whatsoever. Obviously, we was in an old car, um, a Ford Fiesta. The engine was running and we couldn't hear any noise over the car engine noise. There was no interference with the car engine. The car engine didn't stop. But other people who have been outside and close to a triangle um, quite often report there's a dull humming noise, a, a low hum like a transformer, 
were buzzing or were droning. And so that that seems to be a common common thing cropping up. Another thing that people say as well, there's quite often like fridge pipes and girders running around the craft. People talk about cloaking. I have a report of a guy locally actually who had a triangle come over his garden and it was only half cloaked. And he said to himself, that's not a very good cloak, cloaking uh, device because it's not working properly. You can see half the craft and half of it was invisible. So that must have been quite a sight, actually. People also talk about pressure. They can feel pressure if the craft is close enough. They feel the pressure coming down onto them. I even had one guy talk about his um, dental implant vibrating when the triangle got really close to him. And people talk about it shimmering as well. I think that's like the cloaking effect and... Sometimes it look like tin foil and it's rippling or black tar. But the other thing is like the movement. Everybody talks about um, the way these things move, which is an important point. They say they're fluid and they glide, they float like they're underwater. And they've been seen flying blunt end first as well on many occasions. So that sort of rules out the fact that it's an aerodynamic craft if it's flying backwards in effect you'd expect it to be flying point first all the time but it's not always reported on those lines and quite often people we talk about balls of light coming in that suddenly then turn into triangles that that seems to crop up on more than one occasion throughout the book so uh, yeah there's, there's a lot of information in there for people who have seen triangles i, I realize it's a limited uh, niche market if you like not everybody's going to be wanting to buy um a book about triangles unless you've had your own experience and i think if you have an experience with a triangle and you read this book it will comfort you to know that there are so many other people who have seen triangles you're not alone and you're not crazy now you mentioned the idea that these crafts were uh, from from a number of encounters uh, people describe them almost as, as floating and we hear this a lot that uh, which has led some people to think that you know possibly we're dealing with a say like a, a, a heavier than aircraft uh, of 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 some kind you know like a uh, like a blimp or or, or dirigible of of old but that is a consistent report is that people are amazed that something so big and oftentimes like you said you know these craft are 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 huge i mean they'll they'll float over and cover up an entire neighborhood they're so large but people are left with the impression that they're not flying that they're floating somehow that's right um you hear that all the time and i i guess that's got something to do with um anti-gravity, the way they use anti-gravity to um, move the ship causes the way that it it actually floats. That is my guess. I don't, I don't really know. I do um, have a slight theory on the part, part of the craft's ability to float. And I'll just run that past you and see what you think. Now, that doesn't... I am... Through my own experiences, I know this craft was not one of ours. I am 100% convinced, you know, and for the strange things that happened on the night and the strange things that happened afterwards. So what I'm going to try and explain now sounds like man-made, but I think physics, we will understand the science of these craft eventually if these craft can come across 
from wherever they're coming, I believe it's dimensional, then the technology they're using, they're using it in our dimension, in our world. So I think eventually we will be able to uh, replicate this. Now, this is only a theory of mine, but, so don't take this as being gospel, but um, a friend of mine sent me a video of a guy doing quantum levitation. Basically, he was getting a, a lump of metal and inserting it into liquid nitrogen and freezing it down to zero degrees Kelvin. At that point, the piece of metal becomes a superconductor. And if you put an electronic field underneath it, it will just sit in midair and float. It won't even move a millimetre, it will just sit. And if you've got a rail, it will follow a rail around. And the thing that impressed me about that as well, what I thought about was the, the piece of metal was um, vaporising because it was so cold, so it looked like it got mist coming off it like smoke. Now, on the night that the craft of the encounter, once it decloaked and the nose came up in the air, I noticed at one point on the bottom two what you would call wingtips, there was like fluffy white clouds had created around the wingtips right at the end, which I now believe is vaporisation. Um, also, when the, when the craft first materialised, the nose was slightly down because it could see a red light underneath, which would have been at the front, and that was also shrouded in like a, a mist, a vapour. So that led me to think... And I'm not, not saying this is correct, but possibly the surface of the craft is like liquid nitrogen that is trapped within inside a transparent skin. And the girders on the surface actually protrude down through this skin into the liquid. So the girders on the surface are super cooled. And then the whole craft then becomes a superconductor and you get quantum levitation. So I, I've come to that theory because... A lot of people talk about um, pipes, like fridge pipes and on, on triangles. Uh, I've got a picture in a book from uh, Michael Schrett of uh, one of his drawings of a, a triangle covered in pipes underneath. Now, my theory is that these pipes, like the refrigerator-type pipes, are carrying, again, like liquid nitrogen, so they're all superconductors. So I believe the craft partly is a, a superconductor using quantum levitation. I mean, that will give you... Uh, pitch and roll and trim and all that and um, it's only it's only guesswork but that's one of the theories I, i've come up with when you talk about that column of course you're trying to view this as a natural advancement of science that we know about and remember Correct. if you're dealing with craft built by a civilization hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us we couldn't begin to understand it it'd be with the equivalent of me taking an iphone or the latest galaxy from Samsung, and going back to 1945 and say, here, figure it out. That's right. That's right. I mean, this craft may well have been um, uh, remotely controlled. There's no guarantee there was anybody on board the craft, in which case um, the, the close views, three images I had, were given to me from the craft. Now, over the years, I have heard other people say that they thought the craft was alive. Um, I've got a good report in the book as well from a guy who lives in New Zealand now who had um, a very similar experience to mine. Let's break here and I'd like to talk about that. Living UFOs, Colin, Gene and Tim, you're in. Oh, the Pericast. 
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. 
Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Are UFOs living beings? There was a guy who wrote They Live in the Sky, a guy named Trevor James Constable from, what was it, New Zealand, Tim? Yes. Why don't you, before Colin picks up on the living UFOs, explain just briefly about what Trevor James was writing about? Well, he had the idea that uh, not all, but some UFOs could be kind of like... um, sky jellyfish or amoebas almost, you know, uh, creatures that live in the uh, high atmosphere and uh, occasionally will come down uh, into the uh, lower atmosphere and under the right conditions uh, can be seen. And he actually took photographs out in the uh, out in the deserts using uh, I can't remember, I think it was uh, maybe infrared photography. And managed to catch uh, some uh, interesting shapes that, uh, again, you know, kind of uh, looked uh, amoeba-like uh, things floating around in the sky. So, uh, and you know, and, and there's been reports throughout the years of people seeing UFOs that exhibits almost living like qualities to them. I mean, I know I've seen film uh, and this was taken outside of uh, Las Vegas uh, looking towards the uh, the mountains around uh, Groom Lake of lights in the sky that are flying around but they they look like insects flying around you know you you've seen insects you know like on a like a summer evening or something the way that they'll uh, play with each other and zoom around and that's what these lights look like they look like giant bugs i mean not in the shape but you know, the way they acted they they acted like giant bugs flying around so so yeah i mean you know trevor constable may have been onto something yeah i must admit over the years i've seen some strange pictures of uh, objects in the sky and uh, I wouldn't say they're all um, photoshopped. And uh, a lot of them are weird-looking objects. They don't look like a craft, do they? They look more like um, like an insect, like you say. Like they've got legs on them, and some of them could be like square blocks and just not what you would expect to be seeing. There's, there's some, definitely some strange things in there, in the sky. A guy I spoke to, uh, he lives in New Zealand now, funnily enough. Um, Rob Fowler, his name is. He had an encounter, but his encounter was here in the U.K., uh, him and his friend had been doing a band practice and had gone outside for a cigarette and they saw this light in the sky, like a, a rugby football type, bright, white, white, and they decided to chase it in the car. So they got in the car and they followed this light and they said, uh, 
the closest it would get to would be about 100 metres away, which is pretty close. And they followed it down to um, like a lay-by near a motorway, and it, it sort of disappeared. So Rob decided to walk down the lay-by to see if he could see anything. And he said parked up in the lay-by was an old Volkswagen camper van with a Constantina roof on it. He'd walked past that, and then he heard his friend calling to him not to do it, not to go there, which he thought was a bit strange. And he turned around, and he says that the the camper van had disappeared and had been replaced with what he calls, like it looked like a stout fighter. It was a wedge-shaped craft that was just hovering where the camper van had been. So he walks back up to this craft, or I think more to do with images, like he was right next to it in one position and then in another position. So he's almost like having images put in his mind, the same that I had on my night, which is why he got in touch with me in the first place. But during the course of all of this, he's lasted a lot longer. He had these uh, different images and different close-up views he said at one point he was standing right next to the nose, and the nose looked like um, a glove of a boxer on the end of the nose of the craft. And he said it was, he thinks it was red, the, the nose of the craft. And he swears that the craft was sniffing him. He got the feeling the craft was looking at him, and the, the actual nose was, was sniffing what he was up to, what he was about. And then, like, the amazing thing is then, he said that what he decided to do, because this craft was like our craft that got a liquid surface, and he said there were some beams on it that looked like a, a cow, I don't know what you call them, a cow fender or something you get on the trains in the western deserts. He said, look, that sort of shape, which I think could have been beams on the surface similar to our craft. But what he did then, which is absolutely astounding, he put his hand into the liquid. Hmm. And he said it was like um, putting your hand into a tin of paint. But as soon as he did that, he says there was a flash and a bang and it had gone. And then he was standing there with his mate and he, he actually said, well, that was rather nice, which is like a, a typical English understatement, I think. But he's written out a full account of everything that took place that night. And um, I have no reason to believe he's making any of it up. So there we're looking at a craft that, really did seem to be alive. It did seem to be actually sniffing him as well, which is very unusual. But along the way, I have heard people say many times that they, they seem to think that the craft has some sort of uh, intelligence to it. But we can only speculate on that, obviously. Well, considering right now, I mean, everybody's all worked up about the uh, uh, artificial intelligence, the uh, chat GPs and uh, uh, AI and all that. So... What's to say that we're not at the crossroads right now at developing an artificial intelligence that down the road is going to be similar to what people are experiencing? And, and maybe these craft are actually um, time machines with this artificial intelligence fully developed, somehow coming back to visitors. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the time side of it, um, time travel, I've found it difficult getting my head around it. But what I would say is that um, I have an account here of a guy coming home 
to our hometown here in Hinkley in Leicestershire. He'd come from the Neaton on his motorbike. Now, his motorbike stopped working outside um, a place called Transco, which is a gas central hub in the, in the UK. Um, but basically, his motorbike stopped working, and when he looked up, he said this triangle floated over the Transco building and over him and his motorbike, and he said it was huge. Initially, he said it was the size of a football pitch, and then he said, well, actually, it was bigger than that. It was more like one and a half football pitches. And he said um, a third of the way down underneath there was a glass dome, but he couldn't see anybody inside the glass dome. And it slowly float, floated over his head and went over the town centre, apparently, but this is at um, about 11 o'clock at night. So then um, he kicked his motorbike up. It started working again. So he, he went home. He got in and um, instead of it, it, well, it was one and a half hours had lost on a, a 15 minute journey. It was one and a half hours had disappeared. So he woke his parents up to check the time and he told them what had happened that this triangle had just come over him and he's lost one and a half hours. Now, I've met Keith many times over the years. He drinks from one of the local public houses in Hinkley and it's always the same story. And he says to me, he, he doesn't know to this day what happened to that one and a half hours. He's got no recollection of being abducted or anything along those lines. Now, I've heard that quite a few times where there's missing time, but there's no abduction. So does that mean that these craft are actually time travellers? Or is there something else going on with time dilation? Maybe they are from the future. Who knows? But, yeah, there does seem to be quite a lot of um, time dilation, but not necessarily abductions, if that makes sense. You also have to assume, Tim, you can take it on the next segment. You also have to think about the possibility here that if time is lost, something is going on, but whatever it is that's causing this to happen, opted not to have you remember it. I mean, there are people who have missing time and they recall the traditional abduction experience. But once again, we don't know that's what really happened to them. It's what they remember happening to them. And as soon as we get into instances of mind control, and this is something we can talk about as we go along, Colin, as soon as we get into instances of possible mind control, it means that whatever's responsible can make you remember and experience anything they want and decide whether or not you will remember it. I think a sophisticated civilization, if that's what it is, if they didn't want you to remember the real encounter, they could take care of it. They didn't need to put up a screen memory with owls and big eyes and things like that. I just don't think that goes anywhere. But who knows? Colin Saunders, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz, you're in The Podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay heating pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay heating pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I threw out a few possibilities here. Tim Swartz, you have something to say before we get a response from Colin? I've always kind of tossed around the idea that at least uh, some of these things, you know, UFOs, may use time as a propulsion system. Now, how that's done, I have no idea. But considering some of the seemingly manipulations of time that happen to people who have very close encounters of UFOs, and as Colin pointed out, the uh, missing time, but with no apparent recollection of, you know, say like an abduction or anything like that, which when it comes to hypnosis, I'm always suspicious of that. But, uh, you know, I researched a case one time where uh, a couple of women in Ohio actually, instead of having time dilation after a close encounter, they had a jump forward in time. They ended up coming home a lot sooner than they should have after their experience. So there does seem to be some kind of time effect, you know, either you know, backwards or forwards in a lot of these cases with very close uh, encounters with these craft. Yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've heard of people uh, losing time, but I've not heard of people gaining time. That's the first time I've, I've heard that. Yes. One of the things I say to people about um, aliens gaining, I, I say, you know, do you see how much technology has changed here on this planet in the last 50 years, last 100 years? I mean, it's been phenomenal. Now, I would say, like, if there's a planet out there that's, say, 200 years ahead of us, can you imagine what technology they would have? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, what happens if they're a million years ahead of us? What technology are they going to have? Are they going to be able to use time? Are they 
warping time and space to move around. I don't know, but I, it, it beggars belief, really, what what science could be like if if, uh, if it's a million years in the future, or the people who are visiting, the entities that are visiting that have already been around for a million years, what technology they have, like you say, just we would not have a clue what was going on. It'd be like, like you say, taking an iPhone back to the Stone Age cavemen. So, yeah, I agree with that. But um, we can only guess at what's going on. But the time, it is a strange thing that the time does keep cropping up in many, many accounts of UFOs, not just triangles, but other UFOs. As far as hypnosis goes, I did um, try that myself to see if we could get anything else out of uh, the experience. But on the two occasions I've tried it, I've not uh, managed to be hypnotised. I tried it once with a guy here in uh, the UK. I went over to Laughlin in Nevada to a, a UFO conference there a few years back. I met a lady, Barbara Lamb, and she tried to uh, hypnotise me as well. But same thing again, nothing sort of came out of that session either. So either there's nothing there or there's something stopping me being hypnotised. And like you say, for those who have been hypnotised, I mean, the information that comes out, how reliable is that? information i mean if people are saying the same things all the time you've got you know a thousand people being hypnotized talking about uh grays being laid on a table and having machines take sperm and eggs from them you look for all those um coincidences all those ones that are saying the same thing and then you, you start to think there's got to be some sort of truth in what what people are saying but i i can imagine like um hypnosis can bring out things that necessarily didn't happen maybe things you've learnt along the way that you've popped into the story I don't, I don't really know having never been hypnotised I don't know I couldn't comment on that well despite what people see on popular media it's it's not that easy uh, to be hypnotised and, and a lot of people I think probably the majority of people just don't respond to attempts of of being hypnotized, so it's it's uh, it's the the rare individual that uh, uh, that can be, and and you know I think it takes a a very a very good and, and well trained professional to accomplish that as well. Yes, yeah, I don't think it's um, in the remit of every hypnosis hypnotist to uh, bring out the best from UFO uh, uh, encounters. People have had close encounters. Yeah, I, I prefer like people who have seen, well, had encounters and they remember what's taken place rather than remember it in a hypnosis. But it does seem, you're right, that they have the ability to wipe your mind clean of, of what's happened. Um, I think that they, they can do that. I think they I think they know us better than we know ourselves, to be honest. And like the ridicule that's gone on over the years makes me suspect that at the top of the control system of the world, the aliens are involved there somewhere. Like I say, because they seem to know us better than we know ourselves, they can sort of make us feel ridiculed if we talk about it. I mean, if I'd have talked about what I'm talking about tonight, if I'd have done this 100 years ago, they probably would have burnt me at the stake. But things have changed, things are moving on now. But I think over the years there has been that control, and I believe they've probably had a hand in that control. And, you know, you're talking about things like Walt Disney productions, you know, and going to the moon, etc. There's got to be some sort of truth in uh, what's been going on there over the years. 
Well, you you talked about you know your your theory that uh, possibly we're dealing with something that isn't from our reality, but can has the ability to to visit our reality and then interact with us. So, if you consider that if somebody is taken on board one of these craft and then taken outside of 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 this universe then more than likely any memories that were formed outside of our reality wouldn't be retained when you come back so you would just be it would just be blank you just have you know it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be blank you know you would just know that there was missing time but there was nothing there you know your memories were formed someplace else and didn't come back with you yeah, that would make sense. I'd agree with that. That sounds like a, a good possibility. But uh, I'd love to have that experience myself, to be taken out and shown like, some of the universe and brought back again. As long as they brought me back again, I'd be quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah, that's the... Uh... That's the rub there, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, definitely want to be brought back. Oh, sorry, can't do that. No, I'm not going then. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, there's been horror stories along the way that, you know, I've picked up on, which, you know, people do go missing. And uh, wasn't there a rumor that the, the first crashed retrieval one at uh, Roswell that got um, human body parts inside one of the craft? Allegedly. Yeah, the one thing about it also, Colin, is Tim hinted there, there is a big question about the authenticity of the statements about possible bodies in connection with Roswell. That doesn't hold up quite as well as other parts of the story. And I know that Kevin D. Randall has done many years of research into it. And he wrote a book called Roswell in the 21st century a few years back where he kind of treated it somewhat as a cold case and went back and reevaluated the evidence. So there are claims about bodies at Roswell, but they remain just claims. It might be true, it might not. That's that's right. Um, but I have heard it a few times along the way, so there, there might be some truth in it, but we won't really know at the moment. Um, but it's also true to say that a lot of people do disappear. You know, a lot of people I know go missing in America, but certainly in the UK as well, people do disappear and never, never come back. Um, yeah, I did a, a story that um, a couple were taken and, and mutilated in uh, Canuck Chase by uh, reptilian-type <laughs> uh, aliens. And um, the reason that the story came, came out was because the area was being protected by the army by the SAS. There was a, a unit that went out to um, secure the area. Let us secure this announcement coming up, and then we'll have more secured areas of discussion from Colin, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Pericast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com TeamG'day.com Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I shall not refer to my segues as being anything other than excellent. Right, Tim? He doesn't want to say. Always excellent. We interrupted you, Colin, and I'm sorry about that, but that's the way commercial radio works. Please go ahead. That, that's okay. No, um, Yeah, it was a case I was referring to um, that Richard Hall investigated where, where an SAS unit was uh, on standby all the time to cordon off areas where there was ET activity. And he talked about a particular one on Cannock Chase where a young couple um, vanished from the, the car and they never were found again. But you hear these stories, you don't know if they're true or not, but the guy who was telling the story, he did he sound genuine, he's passed away now, but uh, the ex-military guy. But you just really don't know what is going on out there. Anything is, is possible, really. But the, like I said earlier on, the fact that nobody really likes to talk about it just does worry me a little bit. Now, Canic Chase, now, that's an interesting area. There's been all kinds of stuff going on there for years. I mean, not just UFO sightings, but cryptids and, you know, ghosts and black-eyed kids. It's just like, you know, you want to talk about a, uh, a focal point area, kind of like uh, Skinwalker Ranch here in the United States. I think uh, Canic Chase, you know, fits right into that category. It does, yes. Um yeah, funnily enough, there was a guy who sent me um, a little documentary that he made himself about a triangle that came down in Cannock Chase. I've forgotten about that uh, particular one, actually. Yeah, over the years, um, it's obviously a remote area, and it does seem to have uh, attracted a lot of uh, attention from uh, our visitors. And so maybe the the talk of this SAS unit that was there, actually there's some, probably some truth in that. Yeah, I'm sure it's not all good what's happening out there. And I, I've forgotten about the black-eyed kids. Yeah, I'd heard about that and ghosts and kind of chase. It does seem it's a bit, um, a bit along the lines of your skinwalker ranch. Like you say, there seems to be a lot of uh, activity there. The same with um, Rendlesham Forest. I know a lot of researchers go down there and spend the night wandering around the forest, and there just seems to be a lot of activity there as well. So maybe there's some sort of, I don't know, people refer to them as portals, don't they? Maybe there is something that attracts ET to that particular area. Maybe it's just the remoteness of the uh, location. I don't know, but um, yeah, there's an awful lot of funny things going on out there. Well, now, okay, now this it makes me curious. Now, the area that you had your sighting, have you looked into any kind of past events in that location, either UFO sightings to ghosts, big cats, whatever? I mean, is, are there any kind of... Uh, standing stones or ancient structures you know close by because a lot of times you'll find with these kind of sightings that uh, there's a history of weirdness in an area yeah i mean the closest village to where our sighting took place is called monks kirby and uh, there's an old monastery there um, it's disused now but it's obviously been there for for centuries so that's that's fairly close by to where we um had the encounter. Uh, I briefly mentioned earlier on that the we was on the Foss Way, which is a, a Roman road, which uh, they were allegedly built on ley lines, and the Foss Way joins 
Dwatlin Street, which is also built on a ley line, and they join at a place called High Cross, which is about four miles from where we had our, our site in, so very close for those people who are interested in ley lines. But around this area, actually, there has been quite a few um, sightings of triangles. I mean, the one I, I touched on earlier, where Mal had um, seen one the size of a football pitch on his way to work early in the morning. That was just two weeks before our sighting, and only about four or five miles as a crow flies from our sighting. So the same time, same place, more or less, you know. Also, often these things seem to run in families as well. So Mal's granddad, who lives in the village of Sharnford, which is, again, very close to where we had our sighting, he had a triangle come down in the field at the bottom of his garden. He thought it was a farmer in his tractor with his lights on. But when he got out of the kitchen and walked into the garden, it was actually a triangle that was there hovering at the bottom of his garden. I've had a guy recently get in touch with me from a town called Brinklow, or a village called Brinklow, which is on the Foss Way, not too far from where we've had our site. And he's seen a couple of triangles down there as well. And there's another one that I picked up on in the Leicestershire UFO Reporting Centre, uh, the triangle down the Foss Way again. So it does seem to be quite um, hot spot, really, down where we saw our, our craft. Although I've been up and down there many times since and not seen anything else yet. But along the way, there has been quite a few uh, triangle, not other-shaped other craft, but triangular-shaped craft. Now, one of the nights I went back to the side, because I, I used to pop back on the anniversary to see if anything would happen, there was um, a little brick wall that led into the field, this horse's field, where the craft was hovering. And I climbed on top of the wall to see if I could see anything. And right in the distance, a few miles away, there's all these um, masts at a place called Rugby. They are um, communication masts, and they were about 2,000 feet high. They were very tall. Quite a lot of them, they were used by the intelligence service, GCHQ, for communications and intercepting communications. And in the past, I have paperwork somewhere. A lady has written to me who saw a triangle hovering over one of these masts. But it would be probably... Ooh, I don't know, five to ten miles as a crow flies from where we saw our craft. But that is the only thing in the area. If we're looking for any reason, other reason that they would be there, it could either be the monastery that's at Monks Kirby or it could be the mass that were at Rugby or Crick as, Crick as the exact spot that the mass were at. The mass have all been taken down there, actually. Now we've got uh, internet communications and different ways of doing things. The the old masts there have all, all disappeared, but uh, I believe on more than one occasion, UFOs have been seen there, but triangles have definitely been seen over over those masts. So one assumes they were taking information. I say that because um, also there's a, a mast in Hinkley. When I did my first um, newspaper article, and lots of people wrote in about the triangles at sea, there was three separate reports the triangle over the antenna array in the centre of Hinkley. So there does seem to be some sort of a connection between these antennas and UFOs, especially triangles. Now, whether they're uh, tapping into the communications or whether they're getting some sort of charge off the antennas, I, I don't know. We can only guess that. But um, they do seem to be um, interested in the communications. 
arrays that we've got around here. They're the only things I could see that they, they might have been interested in, although I still have the opinion they were waiting for us at the side of the road rather than appearing to go somewhere else. I'm sure they were just waiting there for us. If we wanted to find a reason for that, and that would be this interview here today with yourselves. After all this time and after seeing the craft, I've actually made the models, I've written a book, and I'm starting to, I guess, be part of a subtle disclosure. That's the only reason I can see that it occurred. But I'm sure it occurred for a reason. You know, we have reasons for these announcements, and I'll figure out what they are. Tim Cotton Jr. in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Most basic diseases are caused by yeast in the gut and metals in the liver, and we all have a bit of both. The garlic in Extendivite has a yeast-killing effect in the gut while also helping the sulfur enzyme in the liver get rid of the metals. Extendivite just may improve your overall health. Products like Extendivite are the only way we are going to get our society healthy. And if you're waiting for the government and pharmaceutical care to solve your health problems, you're going to have a long, disappointing wait, I think. Extendivite is a complete formula for extended life in the new millennium. 80 can be the new 60. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. USA News Update. Former President Donald Trump's indictment hasn't been all bad. Fundraising for his presidential campaign has skyrocketed. Pope Francis released from the hospital yesterday after fighting a respiratory infection. He received IV antibiotics and then got some rest and headed home, making his driver pull over so he could talk to reporters. A wildfire in Colorado has spread across more than 1,200 acres, forcing evacuations of at least 100 homes and putting others on notice to leave. As of yesterday afternoon, that human-caused fire was about 25% contained. Severe storms in the south and central U.S. have moved on to the northeast. Severe thunderstorms moving across New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland with winds around 70 miles an hour, hail, and the potential for tornadoes. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492. 800-509-4492. 800-509-4492. That's 800-509-4492. 
I need to do my taxes. Are there any self-help options online? Doing taxes yourself? IRS.gov has many self-service tax tools, and they're all just a click away. Prepare and file your taxes online using FreeFile. Use our calculator to estimate your tax withholding. Order a tax transcript. Apply for an employer identification number. Check your refund status, too. IRS.gov, your 24-7 federal tax resource. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. That is interesting here about this stuff happened a long time ago, but you felt recently compelled to write this book and put things together. So what did yes. you do in the meantime, just kind of let life proceed? Yeah, I'm still um, drafting. I'm still working. I'm 64 now. I'll be 65 this year. So I'm heading towards retirement. I did plan to write the book in retirement, but um, I said earlier that I'd been to a, a conference and um, a guy suggested to me that I write a book. I'd had it in the back of my mind, like I say, for some time to possibly write a book once I retired because I knew it'd be quite a lot of work. I decided to do it there and then when I got back. It didn't take that long, really, because over the last 24 years, I've collected a lot of information, a lot of um, newspaper reports, a lot of emails, a lot of messages from people. I've spent all that time collecting information. Now, there have been some parts of my life where I've tried to leave it alone, would you believe, and not have anything to do with it at all, not go to any conferences, not do any research, not go on the internet looking at stuff. I sort of drifted back into it again. It just seems to be too important to leave it alone. Over the last, like I said, over the last 24 years, basically, I've been reading stuff, collecting stuff, and doing a few conferences as well, which has been interesting, you know, especially like popping over to America that time to, to Laughlin. That was a great experience. I met quite a lot of interesting people there. Yeah, it's been quite a roller coaster ride so far, to be honest. You know, I'd love to pop over to the UK someday, but I am somewhat older than you, so the traveling wouldn't be as easy. That's a shame because um, we, we do have quite a, a lot of um, UFO information and um, a lot of events going on around the country. But it's the same for us. Like, it's nice for us to pop over to see you across the pond there and uh, come to some of your conferences. But obviously, it costs a lot of money. Do you find that there's a difference between UFO people in the, in Europe and, and, and the UK and uh, the United States? Yes, I think the biggest thing that sticks out, and it's quite obvious, is that the TR3B, the amount of times that people tell me that it's TR3B without even researching anything about my own case or what I'm talking about or the book or anything, as soon as I put an image up of a, a triangle, you, you tend to find without offending, but the American people tend to err towards TR3B all the time, a lot of the time. Whereas Europe and England tend to, I think, err more towards um, UFOs being 
extraterrestrial or, or interdimensional rather than man-made objects. I think we, we tend to think the TR3B may have been um, a bit of a red herring. Was it uh, Edgar, Edgar Fouch, was it, who started off the rumour about the TR3B? For our audience uh, members who may not uh, know what the TR3B is, give us a, a, a brief explanation. Well, basically, they say it's a, an American back-engineered triangular-shaped craft that's using nuclear power, and all the triangles that we're seeing are, are this man-made TR3B. But there's never been a proper picture of a, a TR3B, so we don't know if it actually exists or not. But uh, I'm not saying we're not trying to back-engineer some of these craft. I, I tend not to think it's a, a TR3B, obviously. I tend to, after my own experience, believe it's um, ET. But again, there must be something mixed up in there. Now, people will say the TR3B, you can see there's, you can see it on the internet and you can see there's been um, copyrights put out for triangular craft. And I always say to myself and say to people, well, you know, if you've got a, a secret craft and you found a way of getting anti-gravity and doing all of this, would you really put a, a, a trademark on it, a copyright, and put it on the internet for people to copy? You'd keep it quiet. You wouldn't say that you, you, you've cracked it, that you know what you're doing with these triangles. Otherwise, your competitors would be doing the same. The Russians would be copying it and making their own. So people quote that to me all the time. They go, oh, no, it's a TR3B. And I go, no, 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 it's not. It's a extraterrestrial. And I go, oh, no, no, there's a, a patent on it. Here it is. And here's some pictures of it. And here's a, a drawing of the TR3B. The people who say that, I don't think they've ever stood next to one, seen one certainly seen one operating from 100 feet away. I'm sure they wouldn't be shouting TR3B. So I think that is person a bit of a red herring. I think I remember discussions about the TR3B as far back as the middle 1990s. So if that is an actual black budget craft, it's been around for quite a while. And considering, say, like the uh, stealth bombers and stealth aircraft were revealed, if that one was an actual case, why not that one? I don't know. When I started getting into this um, UFO stuff after my sighting, any craft that was seen around um, Area 51, the authorities seemed to be quite happy in saying it was a UFO. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people were out, like, looking for UFOs because it was um, taking people away from looking at secret craft. But now, 24 years later on, whenever we see a craft in the sky, instead of the authorities saying it's a UFO, they're saying it's a TR-3B. It's sort of <laughs> swapped around. Like 20 years ago, they were quite happy for you to believe it was a UFO, but now they don't want you to believe it's a UFO. They want you to believe it's a TR-3B. I think it's a bit of a smokescreen to stop us from realizing what's really going on. Well, with the recent discussions on UFOs within the uh, the military and, and the government now, everybody seems to be very eager to lean towards that idea that these craft are somehow man-made either by us or you know some other foreign power but as we've pointed out before if that's the case you know they were building these things as far back as at least the 19th century and probably before that yeah, yeah not likely <laughs> no no like i say there's uh, in my book triangular ufos of the united kingdom there is over 130 different reports of craft and this doesn't, like, 
go sort of hand in hand with a secret military black budget. Otherwise, like the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber, they're all the same. You know, you, you don't change the, the shape of it from one to another. You just keep them rolling out all the same shape and the same colour. So, um, yeah, I'm 100% convinced that the triangles we're seeing are, are not from, from this world. And it's quite scary when you think about it, the amount of sightings that are seen around the world like on a daily basis. It's incredible they can just seem to do it with impunity. Well, and considering we probably get probably uh, maybe 1% of all of those sightings actually reported. So that leaves you know 99% of people having these experiences that they never tell anybody about. That's right. There's a lot out there. I mean, people have come to me, have kept it quiet for years. But once they hear my story, they, they're quite happy to tell me about it. But prior to that, they've kept it quiet because they don't want people to know. They want people to think that they're crazy. So how many people out there are keeping the information to themselves? There must be loads of, loads of people. And it's a shame, really, that we can't encourage more and more people to, um, to come forward. But again, it's this fear of ridicule, isn't it? And I think that, like I say, has partly been um, uh, come about by the aliens themselves, by having a hand in running the world. I'm sure they're involved. I'm sure they know how to manipulate the human population. And they're far more advanced than, than we are. I think, like I said before, I think they know more about us than we know about ourselves. That that's a good point because that's the interesting thing about the UFO phenomena, is that it's it does appear to be manipulative, and it does seem to be very well aware of our psychology, and how we th- view things and think about things, and it works to that extent. To I don't know keep themselves secret, but then they don't do a very good job. As you said, you saw these bright lights which drew your attention. So, you know, if if we're dealing with something that is trying to keep itself secret, why the bright lights at night? We've got to do our break here. We'll have one more segment with Colin, and then he'll join us for the After the Paracast podcast with Gene and Tim and Colin. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. This is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And we're continuing here. Where, as usual, I interrupted everyone, Tim, didn't I? The nerve of me. (laughs) (laughs) Got to go to those breaks, though. That's important. Well, then, to the network, it's very important. You were saying. I was trying to remember. What was I saying? (laughs) Oh yes, okay. We were talking about bright lights before the break. I was I was asking that whatever the intelligence behind this phenomena, as you said, it seems to know us very well and uses psychology 
for or against us. And for instance, if, if we're dealing with something that is trying to keep itself secret, keep itself hidden from us, why the bright lights? Why does it want to draw attention to itself Two people driving down the road. It could have just, you would have thought that this, this if, if this was a highly developed craft, then it would have been just as easy to hide those uh, four red lights on the rear as to keep itself uh, uh, completely cloaked. It obviously was trying to draw your attention to it. Yes, there seems to be um, two types of encounters, if you like. The close encounters... They were obviously done on purpose. I mean, that night there was no mistaking that the craft was there. The lights were absolutely incredibly bright and it just drew your attention to it. I and mean, then there was no way that that craft was trying to hide from us. Now, I've always said, because people talk about this, it's quite a good point because people are always saying, well, why do they have bright lights on them? You know, do people need to see the craft coming or does the craft need to see where it's going? And I've always said that the lights are not lights. They're a byproduct of a power system. So I think the three red lights in the corners of the triangle, I'm guessing they're like balls of plasma, something along those lines. And when they're in their operating mode, they emit light. It's just something they can't stop stop it from doing. But it's interesting to know that sometimes it's white and sometimes it's red, that the lights change colour. Do those lights have something to do with changing the frequency of the craft to get it to move from one dimension to another? They're not lights to be seen with or to see with. There's no windows on most of the triangles. I've heard one or two have got some windows in them, but the majority do not have any windows. So they're not looking out, so they don't need lights to see where they're going. And with the speed that they travel, when they're going at full power, um, they don't need lights for other craft to see them because by the time they get there, it's going to be too late. So they have a, some sort of ability to avoid other craft, even when they're going extremely fast. I've never heard of a UFO accidentally bumping into an aircraft in the sky. They get close sometimes, but I think they've got technology that stops this from, from occurring. So the lights, again, I think it seems to be, like I say, two types of encounter. One where you happen to see the lights at a distance as a triangle's going overhead, and that's unintentional, and that's like a byproduct of the power system. But then you get the, the other account where it's close encounter where they purposely use the lights to attract your attention, to get get you to look at them, to, to get close to them. So that's what I think the, um, the, the lights, which are not lights per se, but... That's what I think is occurring there. They're not using them for navigation. They're not using them for identification. They're using them to power the power the craft. And I think sometimes the, um, the central white light, that seems to be some sort of a tractor beam where aliens can come down that white light like a, like a ladder of such, a ladder of light. And uh, people talk about when they're taken, you know, they're taken by that light up into the craft. And, of course, there's been lots of reports of people being um, taken out of the house through the windows, through the roof, and in, into a craft. That that crops up quite a lot as well. Um, that famous case of Blood Hopkins um, research with Linda in the Brooklyn Brooklyn Bridge incident. She was um, taken through the uh, windows on, on board a craft. So you, you do hear that quite a lot. So 
the technology they're using is absolutely incredible. And another thing about um, them knowing more about us than we know about themselves, if they, Dr. David Jacobs is correct, then what he was saying is on board the craft, everything is set up for humans. The size of the tables are human size. They're not like children's size or small grey size or tall white size. They are made for humans. And everything that seems to be going on on board these ships seems to be directed at, at humans. Like I say, that sort of, again, goes hand in hand with them knowing more about us than we, we know about them or know about ourselves even. Well, that's a, you know that's an interesting point because you know, it's like you said uh, you know if if we're dealing with something an intelligence that could be millions of years ahead of us yet the reports from inside these craft from people who claim to have been taken up the interiors are very human <laughs> you know understandable to people tables chairs control panels with with lights and buttons and things like that it is it's almost as if we're being shown what we would expect to see when we're on these craft yes and again i guess we've got to be careful there because aliens seem to be able to get us to see all manner of things like you know owls and family members recently somebody was saying that um when they were young, they had all the family members appear at the bottom of the bed. Like they were dead, but they'd come from a photograph they'd seen downstairs. So like they were like grandparents and that. So what he deduced from that was that the four aliens that were at the bottom of the bed were projecting images of his grandparents from the photograph they'd got downstairs. So he thought he was looking at his family, when in fact they were um, aliens. I've heard that quite a lot over the years. And do you remember um, Steven Spielberg's um, Taken, I think it was the series, where they started off with um, inside a, an army tent when there were doctors operating and the guy gets up with his machine gun and starts shooting all the doctors. But as they die, it turns out they're aliens that were pretending to be human doctors. That sort of stuck in my mind. So, yeah, I think they have the ability to, um, to affect your mind and get you to think you're looking at something you're not, not looking at. Now, one thing I want to just touch on before we run out of time. Okay, one of the reports um, from a girl, uh, she said that she went to a football pitch late at night near where her father lived, and there was a a triangular pyramid-shaped craft sitting there uh, with mist around it. Her and a friend went up to it. She said as they approached it, it moved away, and then when they backed off, the pyramid shape came back into its original position. She could see gases swirling inside. So the craft was covered in Egyptian hieroglyphs. Got a lot more to talk about with Colin Saunders, and so he'll stay with us for the After the Paracast podcast, available to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. So we'll talk about how to get that in a moment. Colin Saunders, tell our listeners they want to learn more about what you do. Where can they check you out? Yes, hopefully um, it'll encourage people to buy the book and check out uh, all of the, uh, the accounts of uh, I've got in there, but to touch back on that one again, yeah, the uh, the lady that um, saw the pyramid shaped uh, UFO said that when it became solid, the Egyptian hieroglyphs on the side of the craft, and there was a, also a picture of a, a man with a bird's head. Uh, Triangular UFOs of the United Kingdom that's available on Amazon. 
and uh, you can contact me on Facebook, Colin Saunders, send me a message. Um, I don't have a website, so uh, you can contact me through through Messenger or alternatively, you can buy the book on Amazon. You know, sometimes having a website is more trouble than it's worth. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, look for two Paracast sections on Facebook. Check out our branded merchandise at the Paracast.store or the Paracast.shop. Take your choice. Check out the caps and all the T-shirts and good stuff. We also have the Paracast Plus, where we offer you this radio show free of the network ads with better quality audio, the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, where Colin Sanders will be back with the stuff he couldn't say here because there wasn't enough time. You can get a subscription if you go to the Paracast.plus, the Paracast.plus. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a 20% discount on lifetime and five-year memberships, the Paracast.plus. Colin Saunders, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you for inviting me. It's been uh, quite an evening. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>